All right, welcome to team. Today we've got a very special guest, Stephen Mallory. I am truly humbled and grateful that you have made time to share with us you and your story. Thanks for being here. How are you doing today, Stephen? I'm well, I'm well. And uh, as customary, hey, thanks for having me. I'd like to get right into it, Stephen. Could you share with us uh, your age and where you live, where you grow, where you grew up? I am, I say, I, I don't even look at birthdays anymore. I'm 47. I grew up in uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, what we consider the west side of Dayton, Ohio, poem uh, of Zapp and Roger Trotman, uh, Lakeside, you know, just some, some musical, if, if, just in case there's any musical uh, uh, fans out there. They can hear we're, we're from the land of the funk. <laughs> yes, get some shouts out. Is there any other celebs that have come out of Dayton, Ohio? Athletes? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ron Harper. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even when he when he went to uh, Cleveland. Yes, that's where. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Wright Brothers. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Paula's Dunbar, you know. Yeah. Steven, what are you doing these days? What's going on in your life? What kind of work you do? I um I have multiple sources of income. I I work for uh, Montgomery County. Well, I'm a groundskeeper. I've been working for for that company for 26 years. I um Ground, groundskeeper means that you do all the landscaping? Yes, for Montgomery County Parks. Wow. That's yeah. probably a lot of land. A lot. A lot. Um, so you have, have a crew that help you with that or you do it all by yourself? No, we, I have a crew. We have like a, uh, it used to be a 21 man crew, but since the uh, economy crashed, it, they downsized to about uh, a staff of 10. Wow. So you're doing. You didn't, you've been doing all of the parks in that area for 20-something-plus years with a crew under you. What else are you doing? I um, I own a massage clinic. Mm. Yeah, I've uh, been a licensed. So you have, a, you have licensed in massage work. Yes. I have uh, 20 years. Wow. 20 years. I, uh, I own a, a landscaping company on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, one man operation because it's hard to find good help. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So, and and I, your landscaping operation. Just real speaking on that. How did you develop a your you know a customer base? I'm sure you got quite a few customers. How that was? Did some of it involve knocking on doors or just word of mouth? And uh, I started with uh, a forty dollar lawnmower. I went and bought a forty dollar lawnmower. I went and cut a few yards. I uh, and I took that money and bought more equipment. Now I have a um, big truck and enclosed trailer, uh, brand new uh, riding mowers, uh, everything that uh, a one man show can have. Mm. Um, I it's so much money out there. I turned down because of lack of time. Mm-hmm. And I have to turn down customers. 
And how long have you had your own landscaping business? Five years now. Wow. Yeah. So, and massage work, share a little, how'd you get started in that? Who, what was your inspiration for, for getting into massage work? Um, I knew uh, a young man who, who went to massage school because I was trying to figure out what type of education that I wanted to go to uh, that I can help someone immediately, you know, just something that, that, that can be immediate gratification. Um, and so I went to, to massage school and uh, I really didn't know how much I loved it. I really didn't know uh, really truly what my motivation behind uh, and reasons for going to massage schools was until I years into, into the profession. And then I realized that my I grew up raised by women, my mother, uh, my aunties, uh, cousins, and I watched them give, give, give to the point where they had nothing else to give. And then they found found a way to muster up a little bit more. And um and, and I remember asking my mother because she she did have a thing just to have a, a certain look on our face, just to get a look on our face. And I asked her, I said, you do this all for, you do stuff for everybody. What do you want? And she said, oh, I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. That's not true. <laughs> you always taught us to treat people how you want to be treated. And if you go all out, for somebody, then you want to be treated that way. Mm-hmm. And I and I come to find out that most women are are the same in that aspect. They know how to give, but they don't know how to receive. Interesting. Yeah. So I um, so I have learned that in with my talents and massages is to give back to those who. Teach, teach those to give, to receive like they give. And how long did it take for you to, when you started your massage school, I would imagine you had to go to school and you had yeah. to do a lot of training. But then at the end of that training, if you pass, I guess, some tests, you'll get a license. Yes. Could you walk us through the steps of what it takes to become a massage therapist? Well, uh well, the, the, the course that I went through, it was, uh, at the time, they just offered uh, 18 months, uh, two days a week for 18 months. Uh, it's uh, 650 hours of, of class and uh, practical massages, so you, you're learning the techniques. Um, towards the end of our of the course, then it went down to, uh, they had like a, what they call it? A rapid course, accelerated course for a year. Um, and then once you, you pass that, then you go to the state boards, Ohio State Medical Board, and you sit down with uh, and, and take the course, which they act, offer like twice a year. Yeah, so 
it's well, uh, and then once you got that what i'm sorry uh, just in case there was a static there once you pass that course you have a license right and then that license would allow you to walk into a a, a massage therapy business or a gym uh, that offers massages or yeah. do them on your own privately. Yes. Or, you know, you, you can, and a lot of times once you get, Ohio has a, has a, one of the, the, the toughest course there is, you know, if you can pass it here, then you can pass it anywhere else. Cause not a lot of States have a, a, a licensure program. Most of them just have uh, a certificate or uh, a body working certificate or something of the sort. Now, I'm sure this, this there's money involved here. It, are we talking, is this really expensive? Are there scholarships? Are there loans that are available for people that don't have the money to get started? Yes, they have, they have loans now. And then they have, uh, I, at the time, they didn't when I went to school. So I had to pay my way through it. And they did it in, in installment payments hmm. where you can um, put a, a certain amount down and then just have your uh, installment payments monthly. And and also, if you if you're interested in athletes or sports, you could use that massage license to work on. I mean, if you can get your foot in the door, yes, you can work with teams. I, I had a, a friend, a colleague who used to be a personal trainer, and then he ended up working for the New York Yankees uh-huh. as their team's massage therapist. Yeah. And it just happened to be the year that they the Yankees played the Mets, and it was a Subway Series. And because he was, vote, because he was on that team from the beginning, he was voted as one of the people that should receive a ring. So now he's got one of those beautiful yeah. World Series rings. Yes. It was yeah. a great opportunity. Yeah, my my claim to fame because of HIPAA laws, I I can't speak the young lady's name, but oh, the medical privacy stuff. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Uh, she uh, won a silver medal in a, uh, the Olympics and a triathlon. In triathlon, wow, wow, yes. that's a tough tough sport, one of the toughest. So, you things are going pretty amazing for you. You've got two uh, very successful businesses, one that you've had for over, or two that you've had for over 20 plus years and a landscaping business that you've started five years ago. Uh, And you also, uh, I know a little bit about you, but could you share about your, your family situation? Oh yeah. I, um, I have four excellent kids, you know, uh, no longer kids. They are adults now. Uh, my oldest is, is Tina. Uh, she's thirty. She has a six, five, six kids. So I have uh, five kids. She has five kids. I lose count. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I just, I just call them numbers. This is my number five. My number seven. My number six. <laughs> uh, Good way I, to keep track. Yeah, and, and my my son has has one. Uh, and then my daughter, who stays in Florida, she's a nurse. Um, she has one. And uh, my baby girl, Zaria, she's a junior in, uh, in college, and she has none. Okay. Yeah. So your baby, your baby girl is on her, on her way to get her degree. 
and and then you and your wife will be empty nesters living at home with a lot of uh, free time on your hands. Yes, free times, and, and <laughs> we, we're we're getting ready. I have yeah. a wife of uh, twenty years, so uh, and she's a, a principal at a but middle school. Oh wow, excellent! Yeah, yeah fourth and fifth. Thank you for her service in helping our next generation. So life is, you, you are living an exemplary life, married, successful children, successful career, multiple business businesses that you've owned, and you supervise quite a few people under you in one of your businesses. But we wouldn't be talking, Stephen, if that wasn't always your life. And so what I'd like to do now is take you back to a time where things weren't so great and that people would never have dreamed that you would be in the place that you're in right now. So paint us a picture of what that life was like for you. Um, Where you're at, what you're doing. Yeah, it's. And I really don't have to to do a whole lot of painting because I believe it's uh, everyone's life. Um, it's it's so common that I did what what everybody was doing. I uh, I sold drugs. I at what I age? Down. I, I started at age. Just hustling. And um, at 12, 12, 13 years old, I went from from stealing bikes, uh, really stealing candy, to bikes, to eventually cars, um, which was which was a normal. 12, 13 years old, you know, I learned how to how to drive with a in a stolen vehicle. Um, it was, it was, like I said, it was, it was normal to see anybody. It was, it was at the time where if a person went to school, they was considered a nerd. You laughed at them, um, because that was so far-fetched of what it is that you and your crew was doing. Um, it was wow. This is eighteen, also. Uh, so you started, and you said around twelve, thirteen, from stealing candy. Then it went to stealing bikes. Then it went to stealing cars. Also, yeah. dealing. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this what's your life like at eighteen, seventeen, eighteen? Uh, well, it's it was it was grim. It was, it was, remember, uh, you know, I was always told about the streets. However, I couldn't, couldn't see what was being told to me because I was leaning on my own understanding. Um, We was at a time where our role models were, were drug dealers, were, were, were drug pushers, 
They were pimps. They were uh, just all-out hustlers. Uh, we didn't have on TV any really good. We didn't see any really good role models. Anything that was that was a substance that was attainable to us, you know. Um, it was it was it was a harsh time. It, it was everything that was told to us. It was jello death. It was jello death. Uh, by 19, I didn't been to 19 funerals. 19 funerals. Yeah, 19 funerals. And not just funerals of associates. This was, was my neighborhood family. You know, uh, I, I, it was to the point where I wasn't going to no more. I wasn't going to no more funerals. I remember in, in, in my car to in which I got shot for. <laughs> the guy shot shot me and um, he gave me the car not to testify. And how old were you? 18. 18 years old. And this guy, this guy shot at you he was arrested. He was going to be on trial for this crime and maybe some others. And he told you, look, if you don't testify against me, I want to give you this car so you don't testify against me. Did I hear that right? Yes. Yeah. And and at the time, you know, fair exchange just wasn't a robbery. So, And I found it to be a fair, fair exchange. I... Um, and that was a, that was a crazy a situation right there, because the day before I had got shot, I had got into a, a, a fight and I had got jumped. Uh, and. And I was in the hospital, you know, I was I was I was in the hospital and he had hit me back in the head with a shovel mm. and I was in, in that bed. And getting a tetanus shot because uh, it was a rusty shovel that he hit me in the head with. And I was walking back to where I lived at. Uh, this is where these, where this other, where these, these guys who I was fighting with, was feuding with, lived. And on the way walking there, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to fight because I know I got to fight to get into to the door of my home and uh, this car pull up and this this individual had conflict with my cousin. It had nothing to do with me but since I'm already in, in fighting mode uh, so we sitting there and when the guy pulled up, he called my cousin to the car and when he called my cousin to the car a hand reached out and grabbed my cousin around the neck and the guy stood out the car and he had the gun pointed at my cousin's head and he pulled the trigger and the gun jammed. It was a, a, a 380 automatic. Thank God it wasn't a revolver because it jammed. 
and and we got the got the yelling. I said, "No, it don't work." I said, "Let's go, let's fight, let's go for it." And he's tussling with the gun, and he's he's getting it unjammed. And and by the time he get it unjammed, he 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 pointed it towards me, and he fired, Pow! and it came went straight past my head. I felt it go past my head. Mm. So I, I take out running, and then I hear a, another shot. And this one, as I was as I was running, he caught me in stride as I was leaping the fence. Mm. Uh, he hit me in in the ankle. Mm. And the only thing in my mind was getting to where I was going. I felt the the, the sting. It was like I said, "Ooh, ah, he got me!" So, and I'm running. It was a dog in the yard, a big dog. And I I flew past the dog and went through the alley, and I heard the the tires of the of the vehicle skirt like so I figured he and it sounded like he was bagging up and he was pulling forward. So I it was a, a alleyway into the where I was, if I would have ran to the, the right, to my right, he would have I would have ran straight into him. So I ran to the left, which was towards towards where we lived at, where my mother stayed. And and I made it to the to the house and by the time everybody else came into the house, uh, I'm sitting there, and I, uh, my daughter at the time, she wasn't nothing but probably five or six, watching me. And you're 19 at this at this yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I'm 19, so she was three. Mm. She was three, and. And I'm sitting there looking at her, and she's looking at me, and everybody's, and I'm trying to keep everybody else calm because I I didn't want her to panic. And I saw that look on her face, and, and I said that this can't be my, that was, that was the first thought of this can't be my future. This can't be my future. And that was just, just, one of the many, many times where where I had to look at at my kids, look in their face, and I had to imagine them viewing me in a, ca- a casket. That because of the life that I accepted could lead me down that road of destruction. And the reason why I said the life that I I accepted, I was talking to my brother one time and he says, the streets raised me. And this was just four or five years ago. And he made that statement. And, 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 and I had to tell him, no, the streets didn't raise you. You chose the streets. You was warned about the streets. Just like I was warned about the streets. And you said, brother, What's what's a brother to do if when he wakes up in the morning and he walks out that front door, Stephen, and all he sees around him are these influences mm-hmm. like these role models that are dealing mm-hmm. drugs or pimping or mm-hmm. just homeless or, or just, mm-hmm. you know, just dysfunctional. What, what, what's a what are we supposed to do when we walk out that door? And there's just nothing but darkness and negativity. How do we 
how do we see past that and and not accept that life? And and that's where I'm speaking of me of myself now, trying to encourage myself of then. Um, learn the rules of engagement. And what I mean by that is know the difference between influence and role models. A lot of times what we see in the drug pushers and the pimps and the ones who are taking the easy road out so they think the uh, easy road out of their environment those are influences. If anything that's going to encourage you to be bad or or do the wrong things, those are influences. We're influenced by to do those things. A role model is somebody to show you something different, show you something other. So once we learn the definition of the two, then we can proceed accordingly. Beautiful. You said that there were many moments in your life where you had those feelings of seeing your child looking at you and you looking at your child and thinking, this can't be my life. And if it is, it's going to lead to destruction. And I'm wondering, was there a straw that finally broke the camel's back where you said, I'm not going to have any more of these moments? Yes. Um, Another, before I I get to that, I I can get to another moment where I heard a a young lady on an RTA, that was local transit, and she was talking to her 16-year-old daughter. And she she was telling her daughter that she needed to stay in school. You need to stay in school. You need to get your education. You need to do this. And her daughter rebuttal was, why you didn't? And I seen the look on that young lady's face that she had no response for that. And then again, I'm looking at my kid's face and everything that I was sacrificing up until that point for them, whether... It was sacrificing my freedom, sacrificing my life, everything that I did for them so that they can have a better outcome than I did. It could all be for nothing when they said to me, when I told them, stay in school, stay in school. And they say to me the same thing this young lady said to her daughter. Why? You didn't. So that was, for for me to change that, I went back to school. I went back to school. How old were you when when this conversation on the bus was happening that you were watching between the mom and the daughter? It was still in in the 1918. Wow. And it stuck with you, though. Yes. It's it stuck with me. I uh I, I I said enough was was enough and I went and enrolled in school. I uh, 
went and got my my GED. And and, and here's what was the last grade in high school that you completed. Tim grade. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was Tim grade. And how old were you when you got your GED? Nineteen. And I bet that wasn't easy. You probably had to study for that because. Yeah. Here, here's the here's the the the, the figure is that from the time I started school it was January third. So January third was the was the first day of school. Back back up a little bit from the mic, I think. There you go. Okay. Well, you don't have to sit that back in, unless you want to. Okay. Yeah. January January third was the was the first day of school, and I had the the first testing for the GED was in March, and and I passed it on the first go round in March. Without uh, without even preparing or studying, or did you have yeah. to put a little time into that? Oh yeah, I put I put a lot of time in it. A lot of a lot of time, uh, even my persona or or just my sense of urgency and my voice that the teacher in the class just gravitated to me and and she 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 gave me extra attention was this a teacher teaching how to pass the GED yes okay yes. how did you even know to take a class to do that i uh I just, and you know, that's a very good question. I just just decided that enough was enough, and and I just went and explored all the options. I went and knocked on doors, and I went and asked questions, and and sure enough, you know, uh, I knocked on the right door, and uh, and I asked the right question to a person who who knew, and they pointed me into that direction, and and there I was, and and didn't even know that. All of this was going to come out of it. I just knew that I just needed to do something different. At 19, you yeah. had this yeah. very strong energy inside you. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, I, but I, however, I'm looking back. My grandfather and I said, I was going to speak on my grandfather and, and my uncles, but this is one of my grandfather's stories. Uh, I had a brother over me. I had a cousin over me and uh, myself and then my younger brother. And, uh, and I just speak with my grandfather and, and, I, and he had a look on his face and he said, you know, I can tell everything about you guys, because I can tell what part of me that is in y'all. And he 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 spoke on spoke on my older brother. He called him a, a, a white mountain mule. What's that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. A white mountain mule. Yeah, he called him a white mountain mule. And, and I asked him, I said, "What is that?" And he says, "He says that boy will jump the fence with the gate wide open." Mm-hmm. He said he don't think about nothing before he do it. He just do it and, and, and accept the consequences as they come. And 
and it still applies to this day. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> Yeah. So once you're a white mountain mule, you're always a white mountain yeah. mule. Once you're a white mountain mule, he said. He said it could be a it could be a barbed wire fence on there. He he climb, he tears clothes, he do all those things and have cuts, and that's all he had to do is just walk three steps, and he could have went right through unscathed. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then my my cousin up under him, he. He didn't like him at all. <laughs> My grandpa didn't like him at all. He said that boy, he got the he got the brain the size of a of a rat's anus. You know, because we're on the radio. <laughs> Thank you. I want to keep it clean in case there's some yeah. youngsters listening. Yeah. He said he said he said he got he got the size of a of, of a rat's anus. <laughs> so I, I I went and I looked. You can just imagine the, the size of a turd, of a piece of dung. And we I had to look at it, but then I had to go a little deeper than that. Because the anus is elastic. It can expand and it can be smaller than that turd. <laughs> so I'm looking like, wow, wow, man. He he taking a lot of thought to insult. <laughs> so, Yes. So I was I was next uh -oh. on, on the list. And 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 I called my grandfather daddy. I said, Daddy, what about me? He said, uh, I can tell you if you really want to know. And and I hesitated. <laughs> I had a slight hesitation. And he said, um, do you want to know? I said, yes. Oh no. Yeah. He said, "There's a a, a three to fifteen, a five to twenty-five, and a fifteen to life." So, he so said, then again, could you could you start over? Uh, broke up a little bit. Your your grandfather said what? He said that there's a a three to fifteen, a five to twenty-five, and a fifteen to life, and all of those were jail terms. <laughs> Those were sentences amounts for different things that at the time that I was doing that it can lead to. And he says, you gotta you gotta put you gotta do time somewhere. Pick one. He said, you gotta spend your time somewhere. Pick one. Wow. Boy, that's deep. Yeah. And I, I How looked, old are you? I was 18. Mm. I was 18. And he said, he said, you got to spend your time somewhere. Pick one. And I I looked at him and I said, I said, you know what? I'm going to take a 30-year sentence. I'm going to work. And he said, that's why I said what I said to you, because I knew you would think about it before you responded. <laughs> um, and you say when you're going to go to work, you mean... You're gonna work on yourself. You're gonna you're gonna go to work and, and legit. And, legit. Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm going I'm gonna go somewhere and and put in 30 years on the job and get a pension. <laughs> yeah, and he said he said that's why I said what I was gonna say it to you because I knew you would you think about it before you responded. He told my brother right up under me. He says, "You don't know whether you stuck." in some dung 
or you just going through some dog. And again, for radio, <laughs> for radio, I, I, I'm keeping it clean. He said, you don't know whether you're stuck in some, some manure or you're just going through some manure. And to this day, everything that he said still applies. It still applies because I'm still working on my 30-year sentence. <laughs> my brother's still going through the same thing he's going through. He's still been a white mountain mule. My cousin, who, who got the brain the size of a rat's anus, is still in penitentiary. Um, my my younger brother, who's uh, don't know whether he's stuck in it or just going through it, is uh, been on crack for twenty years, twenty some years, uh, been in penitentiary four or five times, uh, and to this day, you know he he has a lot of of intel. He has a lot of sense. He just don't know how to get out of his own way. I'm so fascinated by what is it about you that your brother didn't have, your cousin didn't have, mm-hmm. because it sounds like you guys were in the same environment. Yes. You guys saw the same mm-hmm. things. You guys experienced the same kind of experiences, you know, not exactly, but similar. And why, what was it? Did you one or two times get some special conversations with, you know, a, a, a person that cared about you that planted seeds in your head? Did or did you just look at things? Were you just born to look at things a little differently? I don't I don't necessarily think so, because you were going down that wrong road. Mm-hmm. But something changed something about you that doesn't sound like you had any supernatural powers. It was just big decision. And, 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 and that's, that's what, that's what it, it, it was. It was, it was around soon as I made that transition of no longer doing it. And, and I had a job that was, that was about 19. Yes. At 19. Okay. I was just on that that endeavor to be a better me, mm-hmm. and that's never stopped, has yeah, it? it? It has not stopped. All right, sorry, keep going. Yeah, um, it was around. I had just got through working twelve hours, and it was around a holiday. I want to say thanks Thanksgiving. Matter of fact, it was Christmas. <laughs> It was Christmas and we were at my mother's house and a whole bunch of my my comrades that who I used to hang with, uh, we're still friends. I was just on a different mission and we were, we were sitting there in the living room and my uncle was sitting there watching and he came to me and he said, Everybody in this room got some love for you. And I said, I got love for them too. You know, was my response. He mm-hmm. said, he says, watch, 
Watch and see how many people hug you. And 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 I and I, and I went to to give hugs. And he says, "No, no, stand right here." And as and I stood there, and everybody was 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 mingling, and everybody came and gave me some love, gave me a hug. So now I'm I'm my mind is wondering, it's like, okay, what is he going with this? Mm-hmm. And he said, "Do you know why everybody gave you a hug?" And I said, "I said because I got love for him." He says, "No, everybody gave you a hug because you're a leader." He said, "Everybody gave you a, a hug because you're a leader." He says, "Up until this time, you've been following. It's time for you to lead." And, and that was the first time that I noticed and it was brought to my attention that that I was going to do something special, that I, I was going to lead the mindset of others. And it might be years down the road. However, I had to, to lead by example first before I can lead with my words. Beautiful. Yeah. And that was that was uh, the motivation of of at at the time where where something was special that I thought that was minute, that was small because I was doing it for myself and for my kids. I didn't know that impact it would have on on others. To get credibility, you had to lead through your actions. So that your words mm-hmm. had had an effect. Yes. Unlike that lady on the bus talking yes. to her daughter, mm-hmm. when she's trying to tell her daughter, "Get go, you need to go to school," and the daughter throws it right back in her mom's face, mm-hmm. and the mom doesn't have an answer. Yeah. And the daughter's like, "That's right." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I have a question for you. Your uncle. And that moment in time, whether he knew it or not, had a pretty powerful moment for you. And I'm wondering if your cousin, your brother, people that didn't turn out to turn their lives around like you have done yours, where you're married, beautifully married, got beautiful children, grown up, doing great things nurse going getting a degree in 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 another great profession you know etc i'm wondering if what was missing from your brother's life and from your cousin's life and from other people's lives that did not make the change was people like your uncle sharing positivity giving them light giving them words of encouragement words that are just positive and maybe maybe that's what your brother and your cousin was missing and if he they had more of that things would be very different for them what do you think i i i i do believe because it was offered the same another example or a reference that i'm going to 
to give is the good book. The good book. And um, I, a lot of my beliefs or a lot of my knowledge comes from, from the good book. And, and I learned from the good book is that some things have to be revealed to you. It has to, it has to be revealed to you from something, something of a, a greater power. It, it can't be beaten to you. It can't be yelled into you. It can't be lectured into you. It has to be revealed to you. And, and I'm just speaking on, on my life that if I, how many times you've been walking down a sidewalk, I mean, riding down the street and there's a perfect good sidewalk and you see people walking down the middle of the street. And if you was a pull up to them, especially some adults, even some teenagers, and you said to them, man, get on that sidewalk. <laughs> Don't be in the street. They're going to have some choice words for you. They, they're going to tell you where to go, how to get there, what to do when you get there. <laughs> but if they become into a car accident, they get hit by a car and you go and visit them in the hospital and, and you ask them, what did you learn? <laughs> A person who endured that pain and broken leg, like, man, stay out. Somebody who's wise will say, stay out of the street. <laughs> I need to stay out of the street. Uh, sometimes you go by and and, and and visit somebody in the hospital if they've been hit. They're like, man, it's my third time being hit by a car. <laughs> man, you're an adult. You haven't learned your lesson yet. So sometimes... Uh, my grandfather used to say, you might not get what I'm saying to you right now. You might not understand what I'm saying to you right now. It might not even apply to your life. I might be dead and gone before the epiphany hits, that light bulb clicks in of what I'm saying to you right now. He says, but I still have to say it. That way you can't use the excuse that ain't nobody ever told me. Ain't nobody ever told me. Everything that, that, that happens to us in life, we've been forewarned. Whether we received the knowledge, whether we dismissed the knowledge. My grandfather used to say, he said, there's, there's only two ways that you can answer Good advice. Either I wish I would have listened or I'm glad I listened. You see, there's only, there's only two ways that you can answer wise counsel. <laughs> Some good advice is I wish I would have listened or I'm glad I listened. So everything that I did up until that point in that transition, because I was like a, a two-year-old. I was like a two-year-old. I was a sponge. I was soaking up. Everything. Everything positive. Yeah, everything positive. Everything to, positive. You were starving for it. Yes. Yeah, everything positive. I, I was I was sucking it up and, and I was incorporating. I was 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 trying to implement it. Let me see if this makes sense, even if I didn't understand it. And this is at 19. Yeah. At 19. 19. So go ahead, excuse me. Yeah. 
19 don't own up until present day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> up in present the day. Quest, the quest hasn't ended. Your 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 journey, your thirst for positivity, for knowledge, for self-improvement, for making your life better, making your family lives better, making the community do your part in helping the community better. None of that is has died. The 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 fire still burns strong. It's it's still burning strong. I mean, I, I'm at the point now where I can I can express what I was going through to other people's. Give them a cheat sheet. <clears throat> give them a cheat let, sheet in life. Let me give the time out right now because this is a perfect time. Share with us your cheat sheet when you're 19 or however mm-hmm. your old age you are and you're ready to start making some big changes in your life mm-hmm. and turn things around. What does your cheat sheet look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my cheat sheet is it starts with disclaimers. What does that mean? Uh, uh, a disclaimer is is you don't have to take what I say. It's not it's not anything that I'm going to push down your throat. Even though my intentions are great, I'm learning that everybody doesn't want the help. Everybody, not everybody wants to be better than what they are. And if they accept it, I accept it. I can't take it personal. Beautiful. I can't take it personal, uh, and and I'm learning. And I have to to give them that same learning curve. I was extended. I was extended. Uh, right now, just a couple weeks ago, I have a friend who was amongst the group that gave me a hug and was showing me love. That's that's in the penitentiary right now, and uh, we. We rekindled two weeks ago, and he's been locked down this time since 06. And, and, when, and when you we, say lockdown, that means pretty much solitary, 23 hours and with only no, one hour? He's in the penitentiary. He's been in the, in the penitentiary. Uh, Got it. He don't, he don't go through the board to 20,055. That's the next time you go to the parole board to, to be released. And and, and and when we spoke, he spoke with so much energy of how what I was trying to tell him then on my journey that he just couldn't hear it. He says, "Man, I, I he says, man, I, I, I couldn't hear what you were saying." He says, "But I get it now." He says, "However, I get it now." He says, "You you were so far further than us at that time." He said, at that time, and, and this is like you said, this 2006, 2000, my daughter was six years old <laughs> at the time when, when we, we conversed last. And he says, I get it now. He said, you tried, you tried to warn us. You tried to tell us. Uh, but I just, we just couldn't see it. Um, so that's what, what I give the disclaimer. My wife tell me, everybody don't want to. Don't want your help. <laughs> everybody, everybody don't need your help. And and I had to, 
to learn to, to not trespass on people's free will. Well, that's very wise of you, respectful of you. Mm-hmm. But le- let's leave open the possibility that someone's sitting on the edge of their seat, eager or, or relaxing on the couch, eager mm-hmm. to listen to what your cheat sheet is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so once, once, once the disclaimer is there, knowing that I'm not taking nobody hostage, then I tell them, <laughs> tell them that these, you're going to lose your immediate friends. They're not going. They're not going to accept what you're trying to do right now, and it's okay. It's okay because they they can't comprehend your vision. Not everybody's a visionary. Not everybody can see past their nose. Not everybody that dies lives. Not everybody. Not everybody who who dreams see the end vision. However, however, if you can see past your nose, if you can see past, if you've got a, a dream and desire to do something different than what you're doing, do it. There's going to be many people, many strangers is going to, to see your vision. They're going to see exactly where you're going just from your sheer determination. Accept that help. Accept that help. You don't always have to have an answer to a person's question at that time. You can say, that's a good question. I never thought about it. Can I get back to you? That gives you time to ponder. That gives you time to to give a constant response. That gives you time to think about what your next step is going to be. A lot of things was invented by accident. And then some things was invented because it it took a whole bunch of mistakes. So you're going to make a whole bunch of mistakes. And, And I tell them a GPS does its best work when it has a destination. What are you going to put in your GPS? What is your destination? And and my destination is to appreciate life. My destination is to to get out of the mode of doing what I got to do to doing what I want to do do what I I want to do. A lot of times in life, people don't know what they want to do. People don't know what they do because they're too busy doing what they got to do. I got to get up. I got to go here. Uh, My destination, I, my journey is still about four or five years out. (laughs) So I still got eons to go. I still got to stop and make pit stops and, and get some gas and refuel. And that's what my refill, my refill now is knowledge. I'm so sorry. your cheat, sorry to, your cheat sheet, I'm making notes of this. And one is you don't, it's okay to not have all the an, answers 
Yes. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to say, let me think about it. Let me get back to you. (laughs) Number two, destination is really important. What is your destination? Where do you ultimately see yourself? What is your big goal? Mm-hmm. It's, as long as you know that, your navigator will get you there. It may take a few, it may take a few turns here and there, but that's okay. As long as you stay focused on what that destination is, committed. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing you said, so I got them out of order, was that not all your your friends aren't are going to understand or comprehend, and that that's okay. You know, some people just can't see beyond. What the, you know the what their nose uh, where their nose is and that doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean that we we can't respect them for who they are and still love them. But they're just different, and and that's okay. But and we but we have to understand that 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 just because that that when once you commit to this change of life, not everyone around you is going to think like you. How do you, Stephen? On that point, what do you do? Do you do you end those relationships? Do you, do you, um, what if you can't even move out, get out of your area and you, you're going to see these people on a regular basis when you're getting on the, you know, getting in the car to go t- study for your GED or you're going to community college or you're going to the vocational school where you're learning your trade or, you know, you're, you're going to your job or you're going to your social worker and you're seeing these people. Mm-hmm. Or you just want to get away and just read and, and just work on yourself, just pray, you know, go to church, etc. How how do you deal with these people that aren't changing like you, but you're regularly seeing them? And and what worked for me was to know that y'all have the same struggles. It's just that you have a different view of getting out. That you have a different view of getting out and it's okay. The mutual respect is there. Hey, if that's what you want to do, if that's how you see your way of getting out, then guess what? I'm going to respect that. I just have a different way of getting out and, and I hope the same respect I give you is the same respect you give me. I don't think that I'm better than you. It's just some things I'm better than. Some things, some things I, 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 I don't think I'm better than you. I just want to do better for myself. And and that's it. And and once you take on that format, it, it makes that transition a little easier because the love is, will always be the same. Hey, I respect you. It's it's a mutual respect. I'm not going to downplay you. Please don't downplay me. What else is on your cheat sheet to changing your life um, and, you know, basically full throttle? Yeah, just just, just full throttle, you know, and, and sit back and know that you're going to mess up somewhere because changing who you are takes time. Being who you are naturally is easier to do. It's when you try to do something different that you have to to be more conscious of your decisions or your actions. And, and ask yourself, if I did this, is that lining up with the goal? Because you, with myself, I had, I, had, I had a family. 
that was dependent on me. Uh, not, not with my wife now. It was another young lady, and some of the things that that had to fall to the wayside was that relationship that I was had with with them with the kid's mother, because where she was, she was okay with, and where I wanted to go, um, she just couldn't see it as well. You know, who are you to to to, to think that you can do this or that you can move out of this subdivision or this, these projects into a subdivision? Who are you to, 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 to dare think that you can live out of here to, and move into the suburbs? So there's some relationships that just have to end. Yeah, just have to end. And, and you have to move on from them because they're, they're toxic. Yes. And, and, and they they're, they don't line up with the mission. If and 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 you be it, it's it'll throw you for a loop. How many people want to keep you down? Because they don't want you to to seem like you're better than them. Oh, now you oh you you better than me now. You better no. I just want better. I just want better. And I know going down that route, the odds, <laughs> the odds of me succeeding doing it that way, and my it's it's futile because it's jail of death. It has always been been preached to us, it's been taught to us, it's been shown to us by examples. 19 funerals. That's that's that proved itself. I had the obituaries to prove it. Hmm. The the friends that didn't didn't die physically, but because they were in penitentiary for long stints, they they died. Not in the flesh, but they still died mentally. So it sounds like the relationship part is uh, it really depends on who the person is and how. Um dysfunctional or, or unhealthy that relationship is as to what kind of uh, distance you need to create between yourself and that person. And, and you can love someone at a distance. You can, you can respect that person at a distance. You mm-hmm. can, you can be close to someone who may be not going down the right path, but isn't being negative to you is respecting what you're doing while you're respecting what they're doing. But someone that isn't looking at your life like that, well, then there needs to be maybe some boundaries and some distances that you create. Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. You 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 have to. Uh, there's gonna be casualties. There's 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 in 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 any war. There's casualties, and uh, and then you just just to expect the casualties. Some people. I, I listen to, to Steve Harvey sometimes and, and his motivations in the morning are gems. They are gems. And he said one comedian also. Correct. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Famous and Steve. Motivational speaker. Uh I used to didn't like him. <laughs> I used to didn't like the guy until I found out and, and, and just 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 hear his his genuine concern of you know, we have we're like-minded. 
when mm-hmm. it comes to, to achieve, attaining our goals. Not everybody's going to like us for whatever reason. Sometimes, and, and I had to sit back and ask myself, I didn't like the guy because he was in a position to speak for, for mankind. And I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't like what he had to say because, you know, who, who likes the truth? Who likes the truth? And, and that's one thing on, on, on the cheat sheet. Is you have to accept the truth for what it is. So right away, you got to look yourself in the mirror, be honest, and be a, hold yourself accountable. Yes. Accept the truth. Accept, accept the truth. And, and, and find somebody who, who's going to iron sharpens iron. Somebody who's going to be honest with you and, and, and tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. Uh, I, every two weeks, me and uh, my little brother, he, he's not my little brother, but he became my little brother. Uh, we go to the flea market and we vent to each other. We vent. And, 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 I, and, and I started off being the, with more knowledge of life, of things that I've learned. I started off being the, the mentor. Just sitting there, and and and, and again, I gave a knowledge. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and, and I gave a disclaimer. I have to when when we speak and when we dialogue. When I speak to you, I have to be brutally honest. I have to give it to you real, because today is you that needs this knowledge, and tomorrow it might be me. And I have to give it to you the right way. So when you give it back to me, it's the right way. Wow. You know, no one, I've never heard that before. And that is fantastic. You're giving brutal honesty to that person with the expectation that one day I'm going to, I may need that brutal honesty. And so I expect you to give it back to me too. Back to me. And and I know that you got it right (laughs) because I gave it to you correctly gave it to you correctly. And uh, and it's free knowledge. It might have cost me a whole lot to get this knowledge. However, I'm giving it to you for free. Mm. What about loneliness, Stephen? When you're on this road doing productive things, positive things, Mm -hmm. I imagine that there's days and moments of loneliness, feeling that no one's with you right now. Did you struggle with that? Of course. How, how do you deal with it? Of course. I, with it? One thing I've learned on the path of success, just because there's not a whole lot of traffic there, you're going to meet someone who's on the same journey, who's on the same journey, who's trying to get to where, where you're going, who's going to catapult you. Who's going to encourage you to keep going? Um, and that's an that's an everything in life. If you're looking for it, if you're looking for it, I watch uh, Natural Geographics. I have always watched Natural Geographics, and I watched it because my uncle used to watch it. And and when and when I started watching it from the the side of knowledge to learn things. I picked up on it. <laughs> I picked up on it. I used to watch the ducks. And when they, when they when the ducks are flying and they flying in in a triangle. And in the sequence in the narrator said that 
Robert Duck is leading, he don't quack. It's the ducks that's behind him that's quacking. And when they're quacking, they're encouraging him to keep going. Even when he wanted to give up, even when he wanted to just, 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 just stop, they was always back there, quack, quack, quack. You can do it. You can do it. You got it. Just give us one more mile. Just give us one more mile. And then once he got tired of taking them where to where as far as they can go, then he falls back to the end of the line. And the next duck in line leads. And while the other ducks in the lead, once he catches breath, he, like the other ducks, are encouraging him to move on. Uh, I never heard of that, never knew that. And I can't wait to see a pack of birds, yeah. hoping the birds do the same thing as the ducks. Yeah. That's beautiful. So we're all, there's a lot of, in other words, the message is there are lonely moments. There are lonely days. There may be lonely weeks mm-hmm. where it feels like those weeks last longer than that. But if you are positive, you are spreading positivity, an energy about you that other people can smell on yeah. you. Yeah. And you will attract those types of people where they will be encouraging you. They will lend a hand of support. It could be a small gesture. It could be a big gesture. It could be an opportunity where a door opens because they feel your energy. Yes. But the only way you get that energy is by committing mm-hmm. and, and, and just digging deep and grinding because it's a grind. Mm-hmm. Not every, it's not all downhill sledding, right? No, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not all down. I mean, it's one of those things and, and it's hard to, it's hard to explain that. The lonely part is the ones that the group of people that you was just with, you want them to come along. You want them to eat off the same table. Because when 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 you're at the bottom, you make a pack. And, and you make a pack, and that's what makes you guys family because y'all made a pack. If I'm eating, you eat. If I'm starving, you're starving. You make this pack as a as a kid. You make a, an oath, a contract as a kid. And that's the that's the part that is hard to stray from. That's the hard that, that's the part that's that's hard for a person who who knows that they're sick and tired, that knows that this is the wrong thing and and and, and I deserve better. That's the part that keeps us in that that little fold. So that part has to die. That we part, have to let that part die. Yeah, that part. That part has to 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 not die. Don't don't have to be as important. That part. That part can't be as important than more important than your dream. Yes, you, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Steven, so I get in hair standing up on the back of my neck as I'm about to ask you this because you shared with us how amazing you know your life is with these beautiful grown children, one that's finishing up her college degree, one that's already a nurse. And things it sounds like were very, very different for your children than they were for you and your brother 
and your cousin growing up. And I really would like to know what was it in your household that you guys did or that you provided that kept your children on a road to not, not, well, not being on the road that you were on and being on a complete, having a completely different, um, what is it growing up, you know, and, and being raised, what, what did you guys do that was so different that led to these beautiful children that are now young adults? Well, uh, I still speak, I still speak on the Gilgal. The Gilgal and, and the Gilgal is, I I'm still, writing down all these words because I'm learning a lot of new things. Gilgal, how do you spell that one? Yeah, uh, G-I-L. Uh, gal, <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, but Gilgal, Gilgal is still telling the old man's story. Still telling the story of when when I made that crossover. Uh, and the reason why I, I call it Gilgal, that's is biblical. It's where when when the Hebrews crossed the Red Sea. When they crossed the Red Sea from after being in bondage with Pharaoh, they marked that that spot that they crossed over from the Red Sea, and they called it Gilgal. And every time they got so far out of their their journey to going, they always resort back to the origin, the insertion, the beginning, so that as evolution comes about, because evolution has to be there, and that's what. I contribute or what I name my transitions from being where I was until where I am now is was that I allow evolution to happen. That I that I allow because right there, you know, we we have to evolve. At that point, always, I'm sorry, could continue please. Okay. We 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 always at, at that at that that point where that transition from where I was until where I am. Now, I took the steps and, and I always told them. And, and sometimes we went back and revisit because I had to keep in mind if if I don't put if I just told the story and doesn't mean that you can relate to it. So I have to take you back to where where I was so that you can see that this trans this transformation, this transition that that I have, even though your life is. You always seen notice or seen me as dad or or Stephen. I was always I was somebody else before then. Yeah, they see you walking out of the house early in the morning, coming back late because you were putting in a full day's work. Then sitting at the table eating, talking yeah. about how your day was, giving love, and just being present for your children, for your mm-hmm. wife, not knowing that dad was a was hustling at 18, 16, 15, 14, 13, getting arrested, stealing cars, stealing candy, stealing bikes, yeah. getting shot at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it, they, they couldn't even imagine what w- that person walking down the street would have been their father. Yeah. Couldn't have been. So yeah. part of, part of raising them was showing them that my, I went down the wrong road. Yeah. And, and I want to show you some of that road 
So that was one of the things that that helped you in raising your children so that they would see not never to go down that road. Yeah, not, not, not to go down. And, and at the same time, you know, extending the same learning curve that was extended to me. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I'm going to tell you now whether you whether you, you you still choose to learn the hard way or to learn the easy way. Um, and, 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 and I I tell them I said I tell them that a smart man learn from the mistakes of others. <laughs> no, I said smart a smart man learns from from their mistakes. However, a wiser man learns from the mistakes of others. Learn from my mistakes. And, and, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give it to you to you raw and uncut. And again, you might not understand it, but you can't use the excuse, ain't nobody ever told me. Ain't nobody ever also, told me. Thank you, Stephen. Um, yes, and, and also was a big difference in the way your children grew up versus the way you grew up and your brother and your cousin and, and all your peers and friends in the neighborhood was that your your kids your you were present and so was your wife mm-hmm. you were involved in these children's lives and and maybe that is a crucial crucial piece that if it's missing it's very hard for kids to not have not to go down that wrong road mm-hmm. yeah I I I, uh, I I I agree 100% because even in, in in my kids life as they're they're getting older, even the conversation that they have with their peers, it's totally different. Uh, they're viewed as, how do you know this? Why do you know that? <laughs> why do you think that way? You know, uh, why don't you make some of these mistakes that other people are making? You know, they they, they say, you know, hey, I learned from from my dad. <laughs> I learned from my dad. I, I I knew even when when they my daughters when they meet men they they always bring them around so they can get a, a just of what a man's supposed to be you know uh, what a man does because because at, at, at that time you know uh, I do a lot mm-hmm. of speaking to the youth I'm more one on one I I put them to the side. And, and when I speak to them, I, I try to to digress who I am now because they it, it can be viewed as far fetched or you put your time in to be there, you establish. Uh, so I have to to somewhat break it down. So I went back and and from being who I am now to myself speaking to. 18 year old my 18 year old stuff so I had to break it down like this I said I was too busy trying to be the man that I knew nothing about being a man I ran from anybody said a man just to be sentenced by the man so I I broke down in, in four different generations because each decade that I lived each each decade, I became more wiser. I that transition, that evolution, happened. So 
I had to step back and and go back to uh, in my teens. I I thought one way, and then in, in my twenties, I began to delete a lot of stuff that I learned <clears throat> up in, in my in my teens. By the time I was 30, I started making that 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 positive transition, uh, that ground of who I am now moving forward. And even in, in my 30s, no matter how wise I thought I was in my 30s, but in my 40s, I realized that I really wasn't that wise because I'm still learning more and more. Uh, I'm learning the difference between... Uh, between education and wisdom. Education is training. It's training. It doesn't just because you're educated doesn't mean that you're wise. And I'm and, and I'm learning that once you know the difference between education and wisdom. Not everybody, when it's raining outside, is wise enough to grab an umbrella. <laughs> Some people still walk, be still walking around, or they put a book on there. It takes wisdom to know get an umbrella. Stephen, you said something that I've never heard before, and may, maybe it, it it's been around, but it was almost like a poem about the man. Could you share that one more time? Yeah, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I was uh, I was too busy trying to be the man. I knew nothing about being a man. I ran from anybody who said a man just to be sentenced by the man. Um, just to to break that down a a, a little bit, and while, while I came up with that was. Even when we're 13, 14, all the way up to, to, to 40, we do things in validations of being the man. We sell, we, sell, we sell drugs to be the man. If a person pulled up in a club, you seen what car he was driving in. You get when he got out the car, you seen the outfit he had on. And then when he get in the club, he got all the women on him. You don't know this guy, but you're gonna validate him as being the man by giving him a nod, like, hey, you the man. <laughs> you the man. Not being a man because somebody is in his ear telling him, because you got all this money doesn't make you a man. Thank you. Yeah. Just because you got to make you a man. We're about to wrap up because I may want to do another part two with you at some point down the road. And I want to save some, some of that stuff for later. Save it for the sequel. Yes. But before we go, Stephen, uh, I'd like to learn a little bit of personal cool stuff about you. Um, I think I may know the answer to some of these questions, but share with us what your favorite book is. 
that has had a profound effect on your life? Uh, you know, my favorite book was uh, Moby Dick. Hmm. Moby and did you do you or did you play video games? If so, name your favorite video game. Uh, Mark. Well, my favorite was uh, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Donkey Kong. Um, a, a song that's given you a lot of inspiration. I. It's I have so many, even with. Uh, but if it's the first thing kind of mine is uh, lean on me. What else? Um, and then you know I. Uh, I'm a songwriter myself, so I have some. I'm I'm being partial on my songs. Could you share? Could you share a few lyrics from one of your songs? Uh, I got a song um, called "Ha Ha," um, and one the hook on it is says, uh, "I'm in the jungle, fighting for my life, and if I want to see tomorrow, I gotta fight to the night." So that's uh, some powerful, powerful lyrics right there, you know. Beautiful. Yeah, because it's Favorite food? Spaghetti. <laughs> meatballs or Italian sausage? Uh, meatballs. Meatballs. I like, and I like it with a whole lot of sauce. All right. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> for those that are listening, Stephen, that are in that pop bottom Mm-hmm. And got a got a, a ladder to climb. Mm-hmm. What do you say that that could be different from what they may have heard from somebody else that's gone in one ear and out the other? Dare to dream. Uh, dare to dream. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. And that goes back to your cheat sheet. What's your destination? Yeah, because isn't that kind of your dream? Yeah, that's that's your dream. Your GPS it will it will get you there. It might take some time, even if you make a wrong turn somewhere, and that GPS is going to say rerouting. It's going to say rerouting. Uh, even even though it might take you a little longer to get to where you're going, your GPS is going to get you there. It, it, it and when you get there, it's going to say. Arrive at destination. Mm-hmm. Arrive at destination. Beautiful. Stephen, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story, inspirational story, amazing journey that you've had and the successes that you've had. And thank you for contributing back to the community in all of the ways. There's ways that you haven't even shared with us that you have done that you will continue to do. You are, you are incredibly creative, uh, hardworking, beautiful soul. And I would love to have you back as a guest if if the uh, if I could. Uh, can I get can I get that from yeah, you right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Down the road. Okay. Yeah, All right. Say a thank you, Stephen. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today. Thank you for listening. This is Team to educate and motivate.